0: you have made Lord the heavens are declaring your glory the skies are shouting your goodness and we're grateful to join in the chorus and just say this world is your world Lord this world belongs to you not only because you created it Lord molecule by molecule you spoke this world into existence but but when this world fell away from you you found a way to redeem us and to reclaim us as your own. And Lord, we can never forget that. Lord, please help us never to forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, you are the ruler yet. And Lord, on this Christ the King Sunday, the final Sunday of the Christian calendar, we just want to be a voice to say, You're the King, and we want you to be satisfied in us and Lord we believe that you are most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in you so help us Lord to be grateful teach us Lord that this is your will for us in Christ Jesus that we would give thanks in all circumstances not for the circumstances not under the circumstances but for you and for your work in us as your people we are incredibly grateful today and we pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Please be seated. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. You know that verse, Psalm 126.3? I walked in this morning, I sat down over here in the first service, and uh, Dana Dudley looked at me and she said, the Lord has done great things for us. And I said, we are filled with joy. And I chose that verse because I think the Lord gave it to me at the beginning of this year. But just to be honest with you, I had no idea all that we were going to endure as a church family, how many of the great pillars of our church were going to graduate to heaven this year and we were going to be without them. I had no idea what was going to come this year, but I knew that God would be with us and that his grace would be sufficient for us, and it surely has Every year this time of year, the Oxford Dictionary chooses a word for the year. Some word that captures, some new word that captures. This is the first year that they chose not just a word, but a, a pictograph, as they call it, uh, an emoji, uh, the, um, the uh, face of um, laughing with tears of joy uh, face. And that emoji, they said, captures the ethos, the mood, and the preoccupation of 2015. Well, I'll just tell you, there have been a lot of tears shed in our church this year with the losses of great men and women of God who serve the Lord faithfully in our midst. But there's also been great joy and gratitude. And our grief is so great because our gratitude is so great because we love these people so much. And sometimes I have to tell you, when I come around that corner, usually I come around that corner unless I'm baptizing. And I come around that corner and I look in this room and I see a face of somebody I know and I think, Thank you, God, for letting me be the shepherd of this group of people to share life and ministry with people who love you so much. And I think the Apostle Paul felt that way, especially about the church in Philippi. So let me just read a few verses to you and then think with you about a few things before we come singing to the Lord's table. Would you open your Bibles with me? Philippians chapter one. It's a a book about joy, about Paul's relationship with a community of joy, as we have called it. Years ago I preached a series out of Philippians here saying there was a place for you in the community of joy and especially I want us to look at verses 3 to 8 together today. Let's stand together again in reverence for our God who speaks to us through his word. And This is what Paul said. I thank my God every time I remember you. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. As the Apostle Paul prayed, so he lived. He prayed with gratitude. Often he would begin his letters with a word of gratitude. I was just preparing our devotional that I put out online every day uh, for tomorrow in First Thessalonians 1. Same thing. He starts with gratitude for their faith, their hope, and their love. And the work and uh, endurance and labor that faith and hope and love are producing in that church. And as I was thinking about Paul, I remembered that that he prayed with thanksgiving, and then he lived with thanksgiving. So he would say to that church at Thessalonica, which was also in Macedonia, not far from Philippi, not far from where we're going to be on our mission trip next summer when we go and minister to some of, of God's servants who are serving in Central Asia. And this is what I know. The Apostle Paul loved the church He was grateful for the church. He was grateful for all of God's people everywhere. And so Paul, you know, he went around the world and he didn't just tell people about Jesus and then walk away, but he helped them form into communities which became churches. So it's a great thing to go across the world and tell people about Jesus, but it makes no sense to do that if we're not helping them by planting churches in which they can serve and grow and become disciples of Jesus Christ and Paul was grateful for all of God's people everywhere, but he was especially grateful for the church in Philippi. I'm sure he remembered faces in the crowd like Lydia who opened her home. That was the first place for the people of God to, to serve. After they left the riverside, she said, come to my house. If you think I'm a Christian, come to my house, she said. I'm sure he remembered that, that slave girl who used to be a, a fortune teller until she was delivered from her demon. And so she lost her job that day, but she found Christ that day. And I'm sure he remembered her face He could have written a letter to Lydia or to the slave girl. He could have written a letter to the Philippian jailer who presided over the wounds that were inflicted on him before they threw him into the dungeon and who also felt the earthquake when they were singing praise to God and then washed the wounds that he had allowed the person with the whip to inflict on Paul and said, I want to be baptized, me and my whole house. He could have written a letter to each of them, but instead, he wrote a letter to all of them and said, "I thank God every time I remember you, and whenever I pray with you, I pray for you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. What if the way we pray becomes the way we live?" What if we not only pray with thanksgiving, but that thanksgiving becomes contagious and begins to to permeate. It becomes pervasive in our lives so so that we not only say thank you to God, but we begin to live a life that causes other people to be grateful to God as well. What if we become a thankful church, thankful for what God has done? in us listen I love the church I love the church wherever it gathers I love the whole church of Jesus Christ as it gathers around the world I love church when they do it the way I think they should do it and I love church when they do it in a different way but I have to say to you when I think of church I think of you and I think about how God is working in your life and I give thanks For you, And it is as Paul describes it here, this this gratitude is an inclusive or comprehensive gratitude. Notice how many times there in verses three and four he uses the word all or every. Same word in in Greek, the word pas. So he says, every time I remember you, I always in all my prayers for you pray with joy. Four times he uses that word all there. He's grateful for all of them. He says in verse seven, I have all of you in my heart. All of you. And in chapter 4, verse 15, when he's um, sending greetings to the church, he says, greet all the saints there. So, So Paul knew all of them, right? He knew that Euodia and Syntyche were having a fight when he wrote the letter. But he's grateful for them and he greets them because it turns out it takes the whole body of Christ to accomplish God's purpose in the world. Eugene Peterson captures it when he says about the church that we Need each other, that our life together is important. There can be no maturity in the spiritual life. Think about this no obedience in following Jesus, no wholeness in the Christian life apart from an immersion in and embrace of community. In other words, I'm not myself by myself. That's why I have to have you helping me become who God wants me to be. That's why you need each other. We all need each other. This is the body of Christ. This is ministry. When we begin to thank God for all of us together serving the Lord and this comprehensive thanksgiving becomes a communal thanksgiving when he says in verse 5 because why is he grateful for them? Well, it's their partnership, their koinonia, sharing. The word participation comes to mind. We sometimes translate it fellowship, but that we've sort of devalued the, the, the verb or the, the word um, in such a way that we've diminished it, reduced it to um, a gathering where we eat together. So we had a fellowship or I fellowship with him or we fellowship, but, but, but the word literally means a sharing in. Paul will use it to talk about sharing in sufferings. He will talk about it in terms of sharing in God. God's glory and in this case he says we're sharing life together in the good news of Jesus Christ so here's the thing what brings us together is not that we're all trying to a little bit harder to do a little bit better or we're trying to be good out of either fear of punishment or out of need for praise no no we're gathered together precisely because Jesus lived the life we should have lived and died the death we should have died And sent his Holy Spirit after he rose again to fill us with himself. Think about this. The God who fills the whole universe in every way wants to fill us. Not just me, not just you, but us together. And he inhabits the praises of his people. So when we're together, it's like sometimes when we're singing and Joel's leading us and we're just singing and worshiping God, it's like God just lifts the roof and goes this is good, this is right, this is holy, this is what I want for my people to love me with with all their lives, to love me with their, their hearts and their souls and their minds, with all their strength, to love me out loud. And when we do that together, There's just nothing like that in the world. And he says it started on the first day. I think that was when he met Lydia by the riverside and she said, Come to my house. And that's when the fellowship and the gospel started when she believed. But he said, It's continuing, it's still going. And I was thinking about how God is working among us here and how we share life together and how God's not done. So, week after week, he's bringing new people. The first Sunday I was here, I quoted Robert Browning, and this is what I said Grow older together with me. The best is yet to be. Can I just say this morning? I've kept my part of the bargain. (laughs) I have grown older in the last 18 years. Maybe more than 18 years worth, I've grown older, but I'll say this God has continued to work in amazing ways that remind me that he who began a good work. Look, we didn't start this. I didn't start God's work in my life. You didn't start God's work in your life. It wasn't your idea. It wasn't my idea. It was his idea. The same God who created us, redeemed us with his son so that he could bring us to completion, that he could finish his good work work in us so when Russell Dilday was the pastor here 53 years ago um, the same year I was born about five months before I was born they started a church in West Houston in some rice fields they were meeting in a in a in a school building at the time and Russell Dilday became pastor and then uh, after him Lester Collins for 20 years and then this year he graduated to glory and then after him, Daniel Vestal for five years, and now me for the last 18 years, and, and in between a couple of stints of Robert Sloan and Randall O'Brien, and, and just this year, the first of our pastors went home to be with the Lord after 53 years as a church. But I think we can look back and say what God started back then was good, but I have to tell you today, he's not finished He's still working in his people and he wants to do great things in us and through us greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city and as we come together we realize that God has brought us together as a community so that we can share life together and so that we can share life with the city of Houston and share life with the world and share life with our missionaries who are gathered and spread across the world, the ones we'll meet together with next summer when we go to Greece. And all of this to say God is working. Last uh, week I went to the Texas Baptist Convention and I sat down for worship beside my college roommate And uh, they had the Lord's Supper that night. And he said, when was the last time we had the Lord's Supper together? Oh, that would have been when we were 18 years old at Calvary Baptist Church in Waco. And it was good to, to taste the bread and to drink the cup together. And to say, he's the pastor at First Baptist Church of Azle, Texas, up by Fort Worth, Wesley Shotwell. And I get to be here. And it was good just to worship together. But that night there were two preachers and they didn't go um, one after the other. It was sort of tag team preaching. It was uh, Joel Gregory and Ralph West. And one would preach and then he'd turn to the other and then he would preach. And then he would turn to the other and he would preach. I have to tell you, I'd never seen it before. It was pretty cool. And uh, as they were preaching together, uh, they told a story of a Bulgarian pastor whose name was Theodore Opronov. And Operanov um, and a group of other men were in prison for being Christians. And then they were forced into the army and they found themselves on the front lines. And they put them on the front lines because that's where they were most likely to be killed. And they're in a bunker together. And they're all five Christians but they're of different denominations. So one's a Baptist and one's a Brethren. One's a Congregationalist and one's a Pentecostal and one's a Methodist. And they're just gathered there in this bunker and they're suspicious of each other. Because even in a bunker Christians don't trust each other. And so they're sitting there, and one of them reads Ephesians 3, verse 20, where it says God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. And, and actually it was the congregationalist who says, you know, at my church today, they're having the Lord's Supper. What I would give to have the Lord's Supper, but their mess kits were empty, they had no food left. And then one of them looked around and said, we're in the middle of a wheat field. And he got out and grabbed some of the... the uh, the, the grain from the wheat and brought it back to the others. And somebody else looked back in the tree line behind them and there was a vine and there were grapes on that vine. And he ran back and he got the grapes and they came back and they crushed the wheat in their in their mess kits and then they squeezed the grapes and they poured it all into a cup and one by one they drank and they remembered that what we have in common is in Christ is so much greater than everything that could ever divide us and they came to realize and they tasted and they saw that God is good isn't he good isn't our God good and so this morning I just want us to come singing to his table I want us to come if you will just sort of move to the middle and come down and 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 receive pick up bread and cup and then return to your seat don't eat and drink until everybody has been served And sometimes, like on Maundy Thursday during Holy Week, we're really quiet and somber in our partaking of the Lord's Supper. But not today. Today is a day of thanks. This is not a day to weep, as Nehemiah said to the people. This is a day of great joy. So come and eat and drink and taste and see that our God is good in this celebration of thanksgiving. Let's stand together as we sing and you come and receive the bread and the cup. There's a table close to you there and uh, just receive and go back to your seat and then we'll eat and drink together as we remember what Christ has done for us.